pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 208. Today I'm going to chat with Amber English, discuss a new importation ban from Biden administration, highlight a new micro compact pistol from Kimber, and talk about how you shouldn't play with lasers. I am your host, Ava Flanell, and Amber, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Before we get started, we're going to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. Now, before we start the show, I want to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. If you guys haven't seen, they just released the MMP-12, which is designed around home defense. While a shotgun isn't really my choice for home defense, some people do like them for that, and a shorter one, like this bullpup, is better than a long one for, obviously, indoors. The first thing when the MMP-12 was announced was, wait, that's a KSG. Yes, it's a similar design, but there are some functional differences that make it more refined. The loading mechanism, for instance, is definitely an improvement on the dual tubes, as well as a much nicer push button selector for which tube you're getting shells from. The pump action bullpup 12 gauge has MMP style grips for ergonomics. The dual tubes each hold six rounds and three inch magnum loads or as much as 10 mini shells, which I'm kind of happy about because I have some mini shells in my safe that I've been holding on to. And yes, this is the perfect opportunity to use them. The MMP-12 ships with modified and cylinder choke tubes, four palm swells, and a hard case. Controls on it are also fully ambidextrous, so no worries if you're a lefty, and the shells eject out of the bottom. MSRP on this baby is 1165 You can check this gun out at smith-wesson.com along with all the other great guns that they offer. Amber, for those who aren't familiar with you, can you just give us a little introduction as to who you are and what it is that you do? Yes. So my name is Amber English. I am a lieutenant in the U.S. Army. I'm stationed down here in Fort Benning, Georgia with the Army Marksmanship Unit. I got my start in shooting with the Army through the world-class athlete program, and then I'm attached to a unit down here in Fort Benning, and I just won a gold medal in skeet shooting. Nice. First off, I got to say, I'm really jealous of your last name because English was my major in college. It's what I have my degree in. I'm a huge fan of English. (laughs) But yeah, you did just win a medal. But before we get to cover all that stuff, I kind of want to just go back a little bit. I think what I read was that you've been shooting since the age of six. Is that right? I first started, yeah, handling a gun when I was probably six years old. I mean, it was just a natural thing in my family. We were super outdoorsy and I didn't get into competitive shooting until I was about 16. Okay. Wow. What made you want to get started into competition shooting? You know, I actually grew up doing gymnastics my whole life and I kind of came to a realization that I wasn't going to do or pursue that in college. So I kind of took a little bit of break and, and let my body heal and And then, uh, you know, I was like, I'm just not done competing in something. I'm kind of going crazy just sitting here and just doing school full time. So that's when I decided to give shooting a try. Nice. Gymnastics. I actually tried gymnastics for a little bit. I wasn't very good at it. 
But it is one of those things where I was thinking every gymnast that I know that did it as a kid, they still have amazing, strong bodies. It's kind of crazy how much muscle you build and then it just stays with you until, I don't know, until you get a little bit older and then your metabolism starts kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really cool. You also have dabbled in hunting, right? Yeah, I definitely, that's, you know, how I was introduced to firearms and hunting was huge into my family and in Colorado. And that's some of my earliest memories is kind of hunting with my dad a long time ago. Are you from Colorado? I am. Oh, okay. What part? I'm from Colorado Springs. Nice. That's exactly where I am right now. Nice. Yeah. My family's still kind of in Monument and Denver. Then I got a family down in Pagosa Springs as well. Oh, cool. That's cool. I'm assuming you visit fairly often. Um, You know, leading up to this, I didn't get a chance to really visit that much just because of Corona and they shut everything down. And and with us uh, being in the military, we were kind of locked down last year. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely look forward to getting out there as much as I can this fall and winter. What is it that you would typically go hunting for? I grew up shooting a lot of mule deer and we shot a lot of pheasant and dove. I've shot geese and ducks, not as much, but yeah, any, any big game. I, I shot an elk a few years ago. I'm definitely trying to get out there and do that again this year. What was that like? I just asked because recently I just got sponsored by Federal Premium Ammunition mm-hmm. and they were mentioning, yeah, we'll take you on all these hunting trips. And Okay. Uh, I only killed an alligator for the first time. This was my first kill. An alligator. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Two months ago. <laughs> And even then, I feel like I didn't get quite the hunting experience. But when it comes to deer, you pretty much have to, I don't know if I'm using the right term, but dress it or gut it right then and there. Otherwise, eventually the meat rots. I'm trying to prepare myself mentally. Okay, well, not only are you going to kill something, which I like animals, but then you're going to have to gut it. And uh, even as it is, I have a whole thing of chicken in my refrigerator that I have to cook tonight because I'm trying to diet. Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to cutting off all the random white veiny pieces off the chicken I don't know it wasn't we grew up doing it so it was just kind of a natural thing for us you know when I was really little my dad and there were times when I was like three years old in a purple snowsuit and he'd be at you know some farmer's doorstep asking for permission and we used to go out there and sit in a field for hours and I'd just be eating Kit Kats all day long to be quiet (laughs) (laughs) but you know as soon as my dad shot something he really took the time for us to go and we had a, like anatomy lessons. And so, you know, I never really got grossed out by anything. You know, I thought for a long time after that, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but kind of went a whole different path. Yeah. I don't know. You just kind of look at it. Like if you were to go buy steak at the grocery store, this is somebody's process for it to get to this point. So mm-hmm. yeah. just getting involved in it from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I don't know any advice for me if I didn't grow up with it. And I had a mom that she was amazing, but she didn't really cook. Cool. I got the short stick. (laughs) Yeah. I would just make sure you don't lock your knees out so you don't pass out. Yeah. Right. Freaked out by blood or guts. And then, you know, sometimes the smells are a little unique. You could probably get some, I don't know, peppermint oil or something and put it under your nose if you needed to. All right. That's good advice. That's a start. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a start. What made you actually decide that you were going to start competing in women's skeet shooting? You know, I was really fortunate, you know, growing up in Colorado Springs, it's a Olympic city, USA. So Mm -hmm. the Olympic training center being there and everything, you're just 
surrounded by a lot of high caliber athletes and they used to offer tours and stuff at the training center back then. And so, you know, shooting's always been kind of a family affair for us. My dad and my uncle shot competitively and then even my mom and my aunt and I had a cousin that shot as well. So it was just kind of a natural progression and I tried rifle and pistol and it wasn't necessarily for me. I was like, man, this is kind of boring. (laughs) The shotgun team definitely needed more women at the time. And so I tried shotgun and here I am several years later. The Colorado Springs Olympic Training Center, I actually live really close to it. I live downtown. If you know downtown and the Olympic Training Center, it's within a few miles away. I have yet to take a tour, but Mm -hmm. I would imagine you're touring. I think it would be really incredible to see. But I also think to think, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to start competing in this. It's got to be one of those things where I would imagine it's probably going to be kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. Sort of a, an intimidating task. That, all right, do I think I'm up for this? Did that ever cross your mind at all? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, it kind of applies to anything you do in life. Obviously, there's going to be people that are better than you. But as long as you can kind of know that, know that everyone started somewhere. And then just kind of get with the people that are nice enough to share things with you and just learn and use it all as a stepping stool from there. Mm -hmm. Were you in the military first or did you join the Olympics first? No, I was was shooting as a civilian for uh, quite a while before and then got recruited in uh, several years later. Okay. All right. Take me through your journey. You started with shooting as a civilian, joined the military. Tell me the progress and the training that you went through leading up to the Olympics. Yeah, so I had just barely missed the Olympic team in 2016. Uh, I was an alternate there, and it was really challenging. So USA Shooting has a two-part Olympic trials process. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I lost my dad in between those trials. So that was Mm -hmm. really, really hard for me to even just get back onto the range and shoot and get ready for the second part. So it was definitely a huge hurdle for me. That's where, you know, my teammates were super awesome and, and pulled me back and helped me get back on the range. And then, you know, after just barely missing that team, I, I was like, man, I think I'm done with this. It was just a lot to even get here. And then I took a little time off and realized I had some serious unfinished business. So I was shooting as a civilian with a lot of the guys from the Army Marksmanship Unit down here in Fort Benning. I was training and competing with them domestically and internationally. And, you know, they're like, come on, you can finally do it. Let's go. You've been fighting it for long enough. (laughs) So I can move around and do whatever I want. So I joined them and I joined uh, the Army in in 2017. And then uh, I took a kind of a year off of shooting to go through all the Army training. And I I decided to go in as an officer. So it involved a lot more training initially. And then after that, I was full blown back into shooting. And it was like, I never missed a beat. Wow. And what are some of the steps that you have to take in order to join the Olympics? You know, it's just a, it's just a lot of uh, time and effort. I kind of got a later start in life in shooting specifically, but you know, you just shoot various competitions across the U S and which will set you up to make, you know, a world cup team or a world championship team, which was the top three to make those matches. And then you just, you know, over the years you pick up, tricks and and then uh, learn how to get better under pressure. And and then we had an Olympic trials process this last time, which was a two-part trials process again, and the top two women made it. And what is that process like? 
It is super challenging. You know, it really tests you as a person and, you know, it's, it's kind of the pinnacle of what we do. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of time and, and effort on the range. And then it comes down to those one match for us at Olympic trials is four days long. So it's kind of a marathon of shooting. Mm -hmm. And then they take those four days and add it to a later date, which was another four days. So a long, definitely a long marathon of shooting. And then, you know, the top people go, but it's just, you know, it's, it's crazy to be able to put that much work in, in anything and then be tested all at one moment and to have it, you know, play out right. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. And I would imagine that even if you're a great shooter, there's also a lot of other skills that you'd have to learn, even performing well under pressure or staying out of your own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something I've had to learn over the years and you know, every match that I shoot, even to this day, I learn something new. And so you're, you kind of have your own personal toolbox and then you learn or take different tools from everything and then just add it to your toolbox. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about primary arms. I was just looking on Primary Arms website last night to finish up a 300 blackout build that I'm doing. I found a bunch of parts on sale and it's crazy. I always thought it's definitely a lot more affordable to just buy an AR instead of make one. But I got to say, they're offering such great prices that I'm going to end up with a really pretty nice AR and got to pick and choose all the parts. And I'm probably going to be able to do it for, I'd say, under $750. I picked out a billet lower from 17 Design Manufacturing for just $71, a Timney trigger for $125, a receiver, BCG, and other parts from Aero Precision, buffers, etc. They're all in stock as well as priced really well. Plus, right now, they have 12% off site-wide. So in my opinion, right now, they're definitely offering some of the best prices. And as always, if you need an optic, remember, use the code AVA, just A-V-A, and you're going to get a free one-piece scope mount with every Primary Arms optic that you purchase, and you can find all that at primaryarms.com. When you accomplish the first two tasks and you were able to, and sorry if I'm not using the correct verbiage because I am not really familiar with the Olympics all that much, but you're chosen to compete in the Olympics. What did that feel like? That was just a huge relief all at once. You know, we have the women's skeet team is probably the deepest event across all of USA shooting rifle, pistol, and shotgun combined. So to even just make this team was such an honor and and a feat all on its own. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was a huge sense of relief. And then you realize, okay, we got that done. Now we have a lot of work to do. We don't have to focus so much on that as we do this next goal. So yeah. And then what were the following steps that you took in order to prepare for the Olympics? You know, we kind of switched our gears and it went from less of a marathon to more of, you know, executing perfect rounds as much as possible. And so, you know, we went from four day matches or eight days, you know, to make this team to just a two day kind of sprint. So I expected a lot more quality versus quantity and knew that, you know, it wasn't as forgiving. So we didn't have necessarily the buffers that we would have over eight days. Yeah. Over So, you know, I just, 
expected a lot and trained really hard and and shot with the guys a lot. Mm -hmm. This might be kind of a stupid question, but with the ammo shortage, did that have any effect on you guys or were you pretty well stocked up? Yeah, I was I was really uh, fortunate to be able to train super hard with the army. They provide all the the shells and and targets that we need to perform. So we're pretty lucky in that department. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now leading up to you going to the Olympics. Tell me a little bit about that experience. It was ridiculously challenging to prepare for these Olympics. You know, normally getting ready for the Olympic Games, we would have a series of competitions overseas. And that was kind of like your, your testing to all the training you've done at home. Mm-hmm. And of the six matches that we were supposed to, five or six matches that we were supposed to go to, all of them got canceled for us, except for one. So Why that did- was definitely a challenge because, you know, you kind of played that mental game with yourself, you know, am I ready or am I not? I yeah. don't know. I haven't had that many times to test it, but you know, I, I went to Italy in May and it wasn't as successful as I wanted to be, but I, you know, I felt like I had set myself up to be in the perfect place because I was able to take what I learned from that match and just, you know, push me even further to get ready for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Why did the first couple of matches get canceled? It was all Corona and oh. whether USA shooting was comfortable with sending us or, or accepting that, you know, risk. Wow. And then was this your first time overseas? Uh, I just, I went to Italy in May and then that was it. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, it was, we didn't go anywhere in 2020 and I got one match in uh, 2021. So it was definitely tough. We did a lot of, a lot of preparing at home and, and we had, you know, just kind of come to Jesus meetings as a team and figured out what we can do as a team to, you know, kind of mimic those high match, mm-hmm. high pressure matches. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys get to explore it all while you're overseas or was it just, okay, you get there, do the Olympics and then you fly back? Yeah. I mean, even when we went to Italy, we were just at the hotel or the range because they were kind of on their lockdown quarantine status. Yeah. Uh, in Italy, they were pretty strict. And then in Japan, it was really strict. We flew in, we had about five hours at the airport of all of their tracking apps and stuff that we had to download on our phone. And we had Corona testing there and wow. And then we went to the Olympic village and we got tested every single day, which was kind of really high anxiety with that too. Cause you're like, man, I feel like I've taken all the precautions and done everything, but what if this comes back positive today? Yeah. I know. No kidding. And it's horrible. I know. And honestly, what is kind of crazy is recently my cousin, she had COVID. She got it. She felt kind of sick, but really she felt like she had more allergies than anything. Then a few months go by, she gets the vaccination. Then a few months go by and just recently she had a sore throat. So they automatically she's in the military. They Mm -hmm. test her for COVID and it comes up positive. Um, That's weird because I got the vaccination. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the variant. We don't really know. And Okay, but she was like, I don't feel sick at all. Her sore throat went away. It lasted maybe 24 hours. And I don't know. I just don't feel sick at all. I'm going to take another test. And then that test came up negative. Well, this is frustrating because the military, then she had to stay home. And all I want to do is go back to work. But obviously, the last thing she'd want to do is get other people sick. But it is weird because you don't necessarily have to be sick. And for all you know, I could have done any little thing and not to get 
political or pretend like I'm a doctor, but I kind of feel like sometimes you don't really know what the tests, there's a lot of false Um, positives. It was definitely a challenge for us, like mentally to be like, oh man, what is a plan? I'm the type of person that I'm like, okay, you know, we have A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And then we've already thought about it. So whatever happens, and at least we've already thought about it, we can cross that bridge when we get there. But I was so relieved. As soon as our match was done, I'm like, okay, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Know, I, I can feel like I can breathe a little bit. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine even just the fact that you said in 2020, you did one match. It's yeah. not even like there was a lot of experience outside of your practice that really prepared you for this. And then there is all these other variables that other Olympians, they haven't had to experience in previous years. You guys were faced with all kinds of new variables that nobody has ever experienced just to add even more to the mix. Oh, yeah, it was it was definitely a very stressful event. I, you know, I just remember getting done with that match and I'm like, I don't even know if I could handle one more day of this. Like, just so much anxiety and anticipation leading up for one competition. I mean, that was just insane. Yeah. What was it like with the other countries that were participating that you guys were going up against? You know, it's definitely a stiff stiff competition obviously the olympics and yeah you know we have our our biggest rivalry is with italy and in the final it came down to me and the, an italian girl shooting off for gold and silver so it was a a, a very you know stressful last 10 targets and in china in there as well so it was kind of us three powerhouses in there and It was anyone's game until the very end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't even imagine. For me, because I'm not very, I'm competitive when it comes to things that I think matter, but board games or something, I'm like, cool, you won. I don't care. I have other things to do, you know? (laughs) And sports-wise, playing sports in school, oh man, I sucked at everything. I was more just, yeah, you know, everyone's a winner. Yay. Just (laughs) didn't really take them that seriously. And why can't we talk to the other team? They look kind of cool. But Mm -hmm. I would imagine that that's not really the... The The sense that, yeah, the atmosphere. You know, I'm lucky to be in a sport where everyone, you know, is very sportsmanlike and Mm -hmm. and usually fairly respectful. And yeah, and when we get to this level, we've seen seen each other and shot against each other for a long time. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy at the Olympics. People definitely crawl into their shell, and uh, if you're a social butterfly, you're probably not going to get that (laughs) that same uh, level of socialism there yeah yeah absolutely then the outcome was that you won gold yep and what was that like I'd imagine it's probably so many emotions especially everything that took to lead up to this and then uh you finally not only is it over but you also came out ahead yeah it was a dream come true for sure and it, it honestly took everything I had to just keep it together yeah You know, I think one thing I did really well leading up to this match was just visualizing and imagining myself being on top of the podium or Mm -hmm. imagining myself, you know, even having these interviews or talking about, you know, a successful Olympics. And I just really tried to honestly kind of put myself in those shoes of being a winner before it even happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems very crazy, but no, I think that well. 
I think that that's extremely important. You kind of have to visualize and see yourself there because if you don't see yourself there, then why should anybody else or why should you? I actually do that same thing. So I don't think that sounds crazy. Was your mom or any other family members able to go with you? Nope. It was just uh, myself and my teammates and our coaches. And, you know, although I was uh, bummed that, you know, people couldn't go and experience this for themselves as well. It ended up being a lot easier for just me personally to be able to go over there and do business and then come home. Yeah. So it took out a lot of the distractions, you know, every other Olympian or people who've been to other Olympics, you know, that's definitely an an aspect of it is just dealing with family and potential distractions. But I honestly couldn't even imagine having family over there during a time like this too. I mean, that would have just been a whole new complex situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to ask a personal question. When you won, I got to imagine you're probably, man, I wish my dad was here. Yeah, I did. You know, but I I really just, I did think about that for sure. But I was like, well, I guess he got a front row ticket. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'm sure they're they're having beers upstairs and celebrating for sure. So I lost my mom nine years ago. And anytime something really awesome happens, because I only shot my first gun nine years ago. And anytime, wow, I just got sponsored by Smith & Wesson or Federal Ammunition just recently sponsored me. And I just remember driving to the airport and I kind of started crying. So, man, like, I wish my mom was here. She would not believe it. But then you do realize, I personally think that they're with you wherever you go. That's kind of on the bright side. It's not like I really do. Yeah. Yeah. But I do feel like they really are with you. You can feel their presence. Yeah, I totally understand that. That's definitely something I, you know, I've struggled with. And it's been five years. And it's just, you know, the little moments kind of choke you up. But if you really sit back and and see the bigger picture, then I mean, there's there's some things that you'll see that they're like, oh, they are here for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about Caldwell. Caldwell has a big 50 BMG giveaway going on right now, so you definitely want to go over to caldwellshooting.com and sign up. There's also one on a post. If you guys head on over to Gun Funny's Instagram, you'll just see where it's advertising the 50 BMG giveaway. If you tag two friends on that post, you automatically sign up to enter a drawing to wear electronic ear pro. Make sure that you tag two friends on that and then head on over to caldwellshooting.com to enter that giveaway. The only thing is, is, and I said this in my post, if you guys win the 50 BMG, you have to do range time with me. I'll even supply the ammo, right? But that's how that's going to go. Definitely, you don't want to miss out this giveaway. I think they're drawing winners on September 15th. I think that that's what it is, September 15th or September 18th. Don't quote me but you have some time, definitely make sure that you go over there and sign up. And as always, when you guys are there and you find something you want to buy, don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10. That's going to get you 10% off your first order. What was it like just even representing America, Team USA? You know, anytime we have the opportunity to wear USA on our back or, you know, wear red, white, and blue, it's already just such a huge honor and the sense of patriotism, especially being in the military um, mm-hmm. to combine the best 
fighting force and Team USA together. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. I definitely think, personally, I think, because I've traveled quite a bit around the world, and one thing that I have noticed is the U.S. really is very patriotic, and I would think that they're definitely a lot more patriotic than a lot of other countries. And I've met people that have come here or live here now, and everywhere you look, there's the American flag. And it's weird because I guess I don't really notice it as much. But then once they point it out, oh, yeah, I guess you do. You're driving around, you see the American flag. You know, you see it in buildings and even now people on their cars are riding around with the American flag. And I do think that this is a very patriotic country, more so than other countries. Other places, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be just nothing else, just proud to even represent your country. Yeah, and even to get to this point where we're even able to step on an Olympic stage is just huge all on its own. Mm Mm-hmm. It really, you know, although we shoot an individual sport, it really takes a team of people to get us where we are. So absolutely. It is. It's very, very uh, cool and unique. Mm -hmm. I got to talk about when you were winning. You actually set an Olympic record hitting 56 out of the 60 targets, right? Yep. And you beat your opponent by, was it just one? Just one. Yep. God, that's almost got to be so scary. Oh, if any little thing changed, it could have changed everything drastically. Oh, yeah. I just knew, you know, I'm going to control the things I can control. And that's my emotions and paying attention and giving it 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, anything outside of that, it's not, you know, not in my control. So I'm not even going to get wrapped up or spun up on anything that I have no control over. And, you know, the last 10, she gave me one early on in the last 10. And I said, okay, you know, it's still definitely a pucker factor still. Yeah. And then when she gave me two, I was like, okay, you know, if I can sit down and do my job and pay attention, then it'll be fine. And, uh, I knew, so the last station we had to shoot four targets she led off. And then when I stepped on, I knew I had to hit, you know, the first two and I'd be tied. And I, if I hit a third one, then I won. And so I hit the first two and we go back and I called for the last pair. And as soon as I saw the pink smoke from that puff target, I was yes. like, I forgot how to shoot. I knew yeah. it was already over and I just yeah. forgot how to even shoot. I didn't even <laughs> necessarily, I don't even think I saw the second target, but I didn't care. Yeah. Wow. So it should have been, been 57 if I yeah, had yeah. just done my job. But, it but it's one of those things where you just psyched yourself up mentally. Like, okay, yeah. I just have to hit three. Just three. Yeah. Just do that. Yeah. I could. Yeah. I, totally yeah. I mean, that. I just tried to take it one at a time. And I knew, you know, we've done it long enough that you kind of know where you are. And yeah. I knew once I hit two, we were tied up. And I'm like, all I have to do is just see one break. That's it. I yeah. saw the one, one break. And then I, yeah. It was over, just a huge weight off my shoulders instantly. (laughs) Wow. When you guys were actually training for this, you guys trained, was it like in an abandoned Macy's? Um, No. So that's, uh, that's the Olympic training center athletes. They're, they're out at uh, Fort Carson. They shoot rifle and pistol. And I believe, yeah, I believe they were shooting over and part of the mall. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I think it was a kind of a quiet deal and. Yeah. Down here in Fort Benning, we're all, the shotgun team's all outside. So, huh. and, you know, they have a range out at Fort Carson as well. So it's, it's tough back there. And yeah. 
Yeah, I'll occasionally. Well, there's the range right before Fort Carson that's open Mm -hmm. to the public, and I've been there, but I know that they have a pretty big range there, but I never actually knew anything about the Macy's, so I guess it was kind of kept quiet, but that's pretty crazy. Yeah, anytime I think you have guns going in and out of the mall. Yeah, yeah, they typically want to stay quiet about it. (laughs) You're like, we're not going to highlight that very often, so. Yeah. What are your plans now? What do you have planned for the rest of the year? You know, I actually leave on Sunday for a training camp up in uh, Michigan. We are shooting up there for a week, and then I come back, and we have our national championships which is kind of early September for ski. And then after that, I will go to a thing called World Cup Finals. And that is in Cyprus. And they take the top 12 competitors of the world for that calendar year. And they all face off again for one competition. And it's actually a really fun competition because it's at the end of the year. You know, you did all the work to get there. So everybody just kind of tries to sit back and enjoy it and mm-hmm. have fun. Yeah. Do you think that there's sort of a stress to meet now certain expectations <laughs> because you won gold? Um, You know, I did think about that a little bit. And I asked, there's a, another gold medalist in, uh, in our office. And I kind of asked him about that too. And he was like, no, it just felt easier. Like you've already done it so much that... And you did it under the highest pressure that, you know, you shooting well, if you can, if you can get yourself to pay attention, it'll feel a little easier. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I I did my job at the time and uh, I'm very, very happy that that part is over. But yeah, there, there is expectations that I, you know, put on myself to Mm -hmm. definitely not embarrass myself. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Hey guys, I won gold. And then you just totally just blow it and come out bottom. Wow. Okay. But yeah, what happened? But it would be nice if you didn't have those expectations and you didn't feel that added stress right, now moving yeah. forward. You know, I'm just going to go out there and have fun with it and just and enjoy it as much as possible because, you know, it should be fun. That's why we continue to do it. Yeah. And I would just imagine that this has probably been the ultimate learning curve. If you could get through this, oh, yeah, kind of like your coworker said or your... Uh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah, that really it does. It's pretty much downhill from here because you competed in the ultimate challenge and succeeded. Yeah, you know, I'll definitely carry some of those memories from that competition with me for the rest of my life and just being able to buckle down and get it done and force yourself mm-hmm. to pay attention under high stress and, you know, really truly control the things that you can control. I'll definitely take those lessons yeah. with me everywhere across anything in any job or or anything Mm -hmm. is there anybody in the gun industry that you look up to um you know there's there's various people i uh you know i'm just completely in awe of people's ability to do really great things in the shooting industry and there's you know i haven't even been able to tap into even 25 percent of what's out there so yeah yeah, I'm looking forward to just kind of taking some time and, and learning about what other people do in our industry as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, any other future plans that you can share with us? Um, you know, I actually am getting off of active duty next month. Oh, nice. So I'm yeah, I'll be in the reserves for a little while after that, but I'm definitely looking forward to going, 
you know, I, I grew up doing, you know, those con- uh, conservation shows like Wild Sheep Foundation and Annual Deer Foundation. So I'm definitely looking forward to, to going back to SHOT Show and all those things. So nice. So you guys all around. So I don't have to talk to a bunch of people to get you on the show. No. Okay, no. good. <laughs> no. Very nice. And then can you just remind people if they want to follow you like on social media, where can they go to do that? Yeah, the best place is just at Amber English on Instagram. And I'm trying to get more active and, and share the other aspects of my life on there as well. So I'll be pretty active on there. Okay, cool. Well, just to avoid politics or anything like that, the person that I spoke to in order to get you on the show, I said I wasn't going to talk about politics. <laughs> so just to avoid any of that, I'm going to end the show with you. But I Absolutely. really, really appreciate your time. It's so nice to see another female in the industry. And honestly, I don't know you, but I am very proud of everything that you've accomplished, especially in such a little time. And I know it's not easy. Hats off to you. I very much appreciate the support and you know, there is no better industry out there than the shooting industry. And I wholeheartedly believe that. So, you know, I'm just super proud to be able to bring hardware back to the U S and, and share my experiences and Hopefully that can push somebody else to do and and follow their passions. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you. I I hope to meet you in person next time and uh, we'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Of course. You're welcome. Now, joining me for the rest of the show is John Snow, since Amber has to leave. John, welcome back. Thank you. Before we go on with the rest of the show, I'm going to take a quick break, talk about IWI. If you guys want a great all-around affordable pistol, you definitely need to check out the Masada pistol. For MSRP of only $480, it's unbeatable for the features that it comes with. It's optic-ready with four adapter plates. The trigger's pretty nice, straight from the factory. Textured grips are nice and grippy as well as they fit your hand really well. Almost like a VP9. They just have really good ergonomics. And above all, they're super dependable. I've never had a single issue with mine, and it's one that I shoot a lot at the range. I personally use mine for home defense. Check them out at IWI.us. Don't forget, if you find any accessories, let's say you need extra mags, patches, any of that stuff, use the code GUNFUNNY15. That's going to get you 15% off. And again, that's at IWI.us. So now it's time to talk politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. You know what, John? I'm going to let you lead this. But basically, long story short, Biden administration bans Russian imports. And that was just declared a few days ago. Yeah, on Friday, he announced a new round of sanctions against the Russians. And this... Allegedly, this is because of anybody who's not familiar with, there was a gentleman named Alexei Navieni, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but he's long been a opposition political leader in Russia, and he's ran against corruption and tried to basically, he ran for president at one point, but he was convicted of embezzlement and imprisoned for a while. A whole lot of people say that 
yeah, it was just a fix because of the Russian government, Putin being former KGB and everything has long ties with apparent corruption, which they're very credible allegations. Of course, you know, Russian government says it's not true, but you know, can we trust the Russians? Mm-hmm. Most likely not. So wasn't, anyway, wasn't he poisoned too? Yes. So in 2020, in August, this guy was poisoned with a chemical agent called Novichok. And he spent a bunch of time in Germany recovering from that. And so under this new round of sanctions, they're imposed under the Chemical and Biological Weapons Control and Warfare Elimination Act. It's a convenient way in my mind of sidestepping, you know, it's not about that. It's gun control. Mm -hmm. They're coming after guns in every way they possibly can. So they're using this as a convenient way to ban the importation of Russian guns and ammunition. And the administration doesn't care about this guy at all. So I'm so confused. So because this guy, because he was poisoned and now he's back in Russia. The allegation is that Putin had this guy poisoned. Okay. And because he's political opposition. So he was supposedly poisoned. I mean, not supposedly that he was poisoned. He was definitely poisoned. Mm -hmm. Whether or not Putin was directly involved, it's Putin. Of course he was. But so the Biden administration is using that chemical warfare act to say, hey, we are imposing these sanctions for this justification. And I don't remember what all the other sanctions are, but this one is just a convenient tack on to go after people in the Second Amendment. And it's in place for at least a year. The funny thing about this guy is when he was convicted of embezzlement, it was, I think, 2013 or 2014 when this allegedly occurred for this guy who was poisoned. He served a little bit of time and then he was released. So both of his convictions were ruled by the European Court of Human Rights to have been an unfair trial, Mm -hmm. but they were never overturned. So his convictions and his parole conditions were in place. Well, because he spent so long in Germany recovering from being poisoned, when he got back to Russia, they arrested him for parole violation for not checking in with his parole board, essentially. Wow. And so he's now serving two and a half years in a labor camp. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Basically, so all of this happens, and literally within a couple hours of the announcement, I noticed a 762 by 39, exactly. 545 by 39. Anything else that was made by Wolf, Tula, et cetera, which was actually starting to come down in price. I was actually really excited about that. You said that you found, what was it, a thousand rounds for $305 or something? Didn't you mention that in the Patreon group? Yeah, I actually got some two weekends ago at $285 a thousand. Yeah, so it's, so it was starting- I wish I'd gotten more. Yeah, no kidding, I know. So it was starting to come down in price, and now they make this announcement, obviously within seconds, everything sells yeah. out. And it kind of sucks because I feel like this is also going to drive up the price of those calibers- Lots of cheaper 9mm, 5.56, other calibers that were coming from there as well. Just when we are kind of starting to see an end in sight. Although I think it will, but I still am very hopeful that we're about to come out of that ammo crisis. This is a roadblock, but 
I know that the ammo manufacturers that are here in the U.S., when I went to Federal and visited their plant, they said, and I don't even know if I could disclose this, but they were pumping out millions and millions of rounds a day. So I think that there is still an end in sight. But it just goes to show that this is just one more tack onto the Second Amendment. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, yeah. And the thing about this is sanctions, that's one thing that they can do without having to pass any laws. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just a very convenient and easy attack for them. And they instituted this for at least a year. So I don't yeah. know. We'll see. I'm sure they will extend it because let's face it, they don't want us getting anything. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. All but right. like you said, at least manufacturers have had a bit of a breather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. Manicore Arms. Last night when I was shopping for parts to complete my blackout build, of course, I had to keep Manicore Arms in mind. My 300 blackout has a 10-inch barrel, so I'll be using one of their 9-inch transformer rails. The best thing about the transformer rail is you can use the snakeskin polymer panels on it, like rail scales, or put the M-lock or the key mod panels in it. It'll attach all kinds of accessories, so whatever I'm looking to attach... They've got panels for it. So at least I know that by using that handguard, it's not going to go out of style. I'm also going to be using their Nightbreak. In my opinion, Manicore Arms Nightbreak just is the, one of the best muzzle devices out there. I've shot guns, even just really sloppy, without really trying to control the gun that much. And it really reduces that muzzle climb and that recoil in all fronts. So if you guys are looking for a nice muzzle device, definitely check out the Nightbreak. All that stuff is at manicorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code AVAROCKS15 and that will get you 15% off. Today's Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Okay, so they want to know, on your fundraiser to benefit the FPC from the taser video, which side is ahead? The Taze Ava or Don't Taze Ava side? Right now, so, okay, for those who don't know, so I put out a video talking about Taser, and if you guys didn't hear, a few weeks ago, it was end of July, one of my friends flew in for my birthday, and he just, in the middle of the night, came bursting through my doors naked. It was such a, I mean, he was out of his mind. He, I don't know if he was like sleepwalking, if he was on drugs, if he continued to drink. I honestly have no idea, but it scared the hell out of me. And long story short, I ended up leaving my house because I didn't feel like my life was completely in danger where I would use a gun. And obviously that's somebody that I knew. So unless my life was really in danger, I didn't really want to shoot him. And I don't really feel like I was justified in doing so. But I definitely wish that I had something to protect myself. And that's when I started looking into less lethal options. And obviously, I don't want a knife or a stun gun, something where I'm going to have to get close to that person. Pepper spray. I've seen plenty of people that are still able to act on pepper spray. And this guy was so far out of his mind that I'm sure it wouldn't even have phased him. And that's where I found Taser, which was the Pulse Plus option. You could actually tase somebody set it down. It'll continue to taste somebody for 30 seconds. The plus option will, if you download this app on your phone, will actually notify the police. 
but it gives you plenty of time to escape because in my situation, I had to wait until there was no more rustling. Like I didn't hear anything outside my door and I thought he fell asleep. And then I snuck out and I had my gun on me. I had tickles in my hands. That's how crazy this guy was acting is I didn't want to leave my dog alone with this guy. But anyways, in my video that I did, I made a joke. All right, I'm sure you guys were hoping that you were going to see somebody get tased in this video. Not the case for that video, but thought about maybe getting somebody to tase, but uh, my luck, so something would go wrong, I get sued. So I decided that maybe I would get tased. So I told people you know, if they want to see me get tased, they're going to have to donate. Once I pay off the help, which would be $200, the rest of the proceeds would go to Firearms Policy Coalition because I feel like they're doing a great job fighting for our Second Amendment rights. And after I released that video, there were a few donations. One guy, one of our patrons, he donated $200. Thank you, Rick Dershon. And he's all right, cool. So we're going to see you get tased now. But a lot of other people were like, man, I would donate, but I don't want to see you get tased. That's when I decided, all right, we're going to create another category where you donate to not see me get tased. And so far, that category is winning. I think it's winning by uh, maybe $200. Anyways, this will go on until September 1st. If you guys are interested, if you want to see me get tased or you don't want to see me get tased, you can head on over to GunFunny. Do you know what the actual link is for that? It is gunfunny.com forward slash product dash category forward slash tased. And there's both options there. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we have until September 1st. And whichever category wins, that's what's going to happen. If you guys don't want to see me get tased, please donate. If you do, well, you suck. But also go ahead and donate because it goes to a good cause. <sighs> and just for the record... I hope there's an option where if I get tased using the Pulse Plus that we can remove that option where I continue to get tased for 30 seconds because I feel like that would just suck. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I'd say that one's not even on the table. Yeah, yeah. It'll just be for a few seconds. It's not going to be for 30 seconds. I'm not trying to get a perm or something, you know. All right, moving forward. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Kimber, they just released a micro carry gun. And there was, I don't know how I ended up getting signed up for their emails, but I am. Probably, you know what it is? It's probably when you go to SHOT Show and you give your email and then they sell that too. That's probably how I got signed up with their emails. But they were releasing quite a few emails, even on their social media. They're like, yep, it's coming, it's coming. And they're really pushing for people to get excited about whatever gun they were going to be releasing to the market. Again, watch, it's just another stupid 1911. And I got to say, I used to be a huge fan of Kimber, especially when I first started eight years ago. Well, I guess it would be nine years ago. I wanted a Kimber so bad, but I couldn't afford one because they just come with such a hefty price. And even to get it, I remember trying to talk my dad into carrying it at his store, but it was like some crazy amount that you had to spend in order to be considered a dealer because it wasn't one of those things where you can just order from typical wholesalers. But as I spent more time in the gun industry and I heard from a lot of other people and then I shot quite a few other Kimbers, they were actually really finicky and they were kind of garbage for the price that you would pay. Later on down the road, I realized that there's a hell of a lot more 1911s that have even more of a hefty price tag on them. 
But I kind of lost respect for Kimber and wasn't really a fan after maybe the first two years of basically my gun career. But anyways, I'm thinking, oh, they're going to release another 1911 or, you know, what was it a few years ago? They got on the revolver bandwagon. But I got to say the one that they said they just released a micro compact nine millimeter. It's polymer, which to my knowledge, is this the first polymer gun that they've released? I think so. I cannot think of a single polymer that they have done before. Yeah. Either way, if they haven't, it's been a while. But they were basically, they're just trying to jump on that bandwagon getting on with the, say, P365. When I saw this, I haven't held it in my hands or anything like that. I did talk to Colian Noir, who recently did a quick little review on it. He said that he tried to hate it. He doesn't. And I don't know. I'd be interested to get my hands on it. But it really doesn't look that bad. A lot of people said it kind of looked like, what was it, if a Springfield Hellcat and a... And a High Point had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And I could kind of see the High Point kind of to an extent. Just barely. Yeah. Maybe the back of it looks a little High Point-esque. But about this gun, it holds 11 rounds or 13, depending on if you're using the extended mag. It's also completely ambidextrous, which is nice because I feel like not enough manufacturers jump on that bandwagon, especially when it comes to pistols. And trust me, as an instructor, it kind of sucks teaching somebody who's left-handed and they're really limited to what guns they can use. Okay, do you want to learn how to shoot and operate some of these? The slide lock, for example, it sucks when somebody's truly left-handed. That would be like me trying to teach you how to rack the slide back with your left hand. It's just awkward and lock that slide back. They have a flat face trigger, which is supposed to be nice and crisp. You have the choice of buying it optic ready or with the optic on it. And you can co-witness the irons with the red dot. The grip has a laser stipple texture that looks pretty, pretty grippy. Altogether, it looks pretty good, which like I said, I'm kind of surprised that this is coming from Kimber, but good on them for changing with the times. Do you know what MSRP on this is? $600 for the optic ready version and $800 for the one with the crimson trace red dot on it. Okay. So that's not too bad. No. Especially for Kimber. Kimber, Yeah. 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 Because I've had exactly the same experience with Kimber. Where Kimber, in my opinion, has suffered has been quality control. A lot of their stuff is fairly nice. A little more pricey than some other brands that are same kind of quality. Yeah. but they're pricey for what they are is mm-hmm. generally my experience. And this one, if it's reliable, it's going to be competitive in that market space. Yeah. Do you there's, know, there's some things about it. I really like the looks of. Yeah. Do you know what optic it comes with? It's the crimson trace three MOA. Oh, okay. Dot. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. So if you guys uh, want to check that out, head on over to Kimber's website. If you need any gun cleaning or gun refinishing supplies, you need to check out Birchwood KC. If you need to reblue or touch up the finish on an old firearm, they've got you covered, which honestly, I need to do that. That's one thing I have not done. And they have you covered if your gun's metal or wood. And for gun cleaning, they've got cleaning kits, gun scrubbers, bore scrubbers, barricades, different oils, polishing cloths, so much more. Pretty much a one-stop shop for all of your maintenance, cleaning, and lubrication needs. 
And they've got a ton of other stuff, shooting bags, shoot and see targets, which are some of my favorite. You guys can check that out at birchwoodcasey.com. Don't forget, if you use the code GUNFUNNY20, all one word, you're going to get 20% off your entire order. Moving forward. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Don't play with lasers. Last week in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a woman was visiting a friend's place and decided to play with a cat with a laser. Oh, man. Sounds like tickles. Lasers are not allowed in my house because tickles goes crazy. She don't judge her. okay? but she's only four pounds. She may or may not play with cat toys. Most of her toys are for cats, but it's because of her size. But she also has this thing with shadows and lights And yeah, I used to play with a laser with her. And when I lived in an apartment before I bought my house and next thing I know, I came home and I think Tickles continued to look for the laser, the entire carpet. And it was brand new carpet in this apartment. It was disclosed. Yeah, you got your apartment. It was just remodeled, brand new everything, appliances, carpet. Tickles ate the hell out of the carpet. There are so many holes everywhere. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Cool. I'm gonna have to replace all this carpet. But anyways, she stupidly did this with a laser attached to a pistol, which I do not do with Tickles, even though she was an operator. She had also been drinking, and when she picked up the handgun and turned on the laser to play with the cat, of course, she started pointing it around for the cat to chase, and then the gun went off, which, let's face it, didn't just go off. She obviously had to pull the trigger. She shot her friend accidentally in the thigh. He went to a nearby apartment and was found later by police who applied a tourniquet They also found that he was facing charges for violating bond conditions and was not legally allowed to own the weapon. The 19-year-old woman is facing charges of negligent use of a weapon, and the man will almost certainly be facing charges when he gets out of the hospital and face additional charges. Guys, don't be stupid. It might be fun to play with laser with your animal, but it's not a good idea to use the laser that is attached to your gun. And also... I still, to this day, I'm just not really a huge fan of the lasers on guns. No matter how you look at it, just, you know, just don't go there. Yeah, just a dumb idea. Yeah. And, man, I can't tell you how many times I hate hearing when people accidentally discharge yeah, a gun. There's no and I'm accident. Like, yeah, no kidding. Are you just an idiot? This is why the biggest rule, to me, the two biggest rules, if you guys take a class or if there's one thing that you have to learn before anything else, it's keep the gun pointed in a safe direction and keep your freaking finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. If you ingrain those two rules in your mind, you're not going to have an accident. You're not going to hit anybody because it's always pointing in a safe direction and it's not going to go off just magically because your finger's not on the trigger. Yep. Honestly, I hate to say it, but well, I don't, I don't even hate to say it, but these two pretty much get what they deserve coming. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now it's time for iTunes reviews. Before I read the iTunes reviews, I just want to do a shout out to Bianca, who's in South Africa. She recently emailed me, sent me just a really nice letter with some pictures of her and her son shooting. And she described what it's like in South Africa and just the hoops that you have to jump through just to get a gun, which she doesn't technically have her gun. She just keeps it at the gun store and then they have to go there whenever they want to use it. And then the hoops also that she has to jump through in order to get a carry permit. And it's just crazy. But shout out to her and her son. And it's just kind of crazy that 
you think when you start a podcast, oh, the only people listening are probably in the U.S., but really this show is heard all throughout the world, which is really cool. Thank you for that nice letter. Definitely made my day. First review is JM Garcia 0713, the new gold standard of 2A podcast, five stars. I'm a new listener and I can say I'm hooked. Gun Funny brings a little bit of everything to the table, like the grandma for grandma's boys. Every week is a new adventure trying to decipher how the titles correlate with the topic and guest of the show. Keep up the good work. Can't wait for episode 223. I'm sure it's going to be big. Hmm. Didn't even think about that. Next is SIG365, Real American Patriots, five stars. The Nazi Democrat Party needs to be censored. All right, John, what would you say? Who should be the winner? Well, I definitely agree with SIG365. Right. Um, (laughs) I think I got to go with J.M. Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you don't really think about it, but you're right. When you hear the title, right, how are you going to decipher what's coming up? And that's kind of cool. So, yeah. Jam Garcia, just go to gunfunny.com, click on the contact us form and just let me know who you are and send me a good mailing address. Also, guys, I finally caught up with sending out all of the prize packs. Sorry it took me so long, but if you guys don't get it right away, usually at the end of the month, I usually send all of the prize packs for the winner of that month. If you don't get it right away, that's why. Now it's time to wrap up so you guys can find me at gunfunny.com. If you guys want to support this show and you want to become a member of our Patreon-only Facebook group, head on over to gunfunny.com, click on the support the show link, and donate. That automatically gets you access to our group on Facebook, which is hilarious. Lots of like-minded people. John's there. Just lots of insider jokes. And it's just, I don't know, I think all around it's just a really good group of people. And then you also get to support the show. Also, it automatically adds you into a drawing for every month for a $300 giveaway from Blow Deadline. If you guys aren't familiar with Blown Deadline, he does some of the best Cerakote job. In fact, I've decided once I'm done with my 300 blackout build, I'm totally sending it to him and I'm just going to tell him to surprise me just to do something totally awesome. Also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon, Jon Snow. He's here on the show with us today. He wants me to say, curiosity killed the cat. Operator Tickles killed curiosity for doing her job. And Amber, Amber English, she's not here right now with us, but wanted to thank her. Congrats on winning your first medal. Hopefully it just continues and wishing her nothing but success. John, thank you so much for joining me for the rest of the show. And uh, yeah. yeah. And guys, I hope you enjoy your Monday and uh, make this week great. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.